Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Controllers and Catches. I am one half of the host duo, Full Metal Chicken. And. I'm Steph, but I'm second guessing letting you have lunch 30 yeah. minutes ago. I know, right. But also, too, we were just uh, discussing the finer points of quiche. You were discussing. Okay, I was discussing the, the different points of high range and low range quiche. Quiche. The range. Um, if you can hear that wind outside. It is outside. Hello. It's just a tad windy. It's a great day to go fly a kite. Uh, no, your kite would fly you. You know, it's like, I want to fly high like can you. Imagine having a poor drone out today. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's only 34k an hour wind. 34k an hour wind. I can, I can run that fast. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. What's new? Not much. Um, it's just windy days. Um, allergy season. Uh, what else? Uh, essentially, I've been good. I haven't played any games today. Incorrect. No, I technically haven't played any. Actually, no, I stayed up, so technically it was the same day. So, yeah, I played games into <laughs> today. <laughs> and let's just say it was some of the worst gameplay I have. It's... I. How would we say it went? It was a case of what, what, and I, I what. Don't know. It. I was playing with Hulk, and he and I literally were just. I I don't get it. At one point, I think there was four players, trying like literally unleashing. You guys four. don't communicate, and when I don't play with you to give you an objective. We're going here. We need to do this. Oh, no, no. We were communicating, but it's yeah, hard okay, for him different... to communicate back when I'm doing screeching. <laughs> Literally, I think 80% of the... Um... Yes, but you screeching is not communicating. <laughs> sure sounded like, you know, screeching. I'm sure if we called him right now, he would agree to disagree with your statement. Mm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode number 56. 56, and just in case you wanted to know... It's before 57. And just after 5-5. Five, five. And even though in a numerical sequence, 6 does come after 5. So Really? Yeah, I know, right? It's a magical number. <gasps> they didn't teach five, me six. that in primary school. They didn't school. teach me anything in primary school. I did learn how to eat crayons, though. Orange ones don't taste like strawberries. They don't even taste like oranges. Hell, they don't even taste like lemons. They just taste okay, very stop. plastic. <laughs> okay, enough. Enough. So. What else is new? Uh, let's see. The internet is a dumb place. Okay, so um, if you do not... I can only speak for what I know, <laughs> and that is Australia. Um, welcome to the land of... If you try to pre-order something, you are inevitably going to have to finish paying off what it is you've pre-ordered, Right. And specifically, we're talking about the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Yeah, big time. And so yesterday, well, it depends on how high in the priority. So basically, the we spoke about how um, you had to pre-order it. And they have the list of, uh, I guess, the order in terms of numbers and emails of people's pre-order status. Let's say, like, who's higher up the list, who's lower up the list based on who ordered first. And I happened to order mine prior to you via <laughs> span of 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So about 10 minutes after I got my text message yesterday, you got yours. And you have to finish the payment because we did it JB, JB, which was only a 50 bucket deposit. So you have to pay the remaining amount. And 
it seems that people were not happy with it because one of the terms of the text message, let me read it for you so that way I'm not slandering the company. Oh yeah, we love we love company slander. No, we don't. We're being sarcastic. He's being sarcastic. Please don't sue us, JB. Yeah. We give you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, Stephanie, your spot in the queue for your Xbox Series X pre-order is confirmed. We'll SMS you soon with a link to pay your remaining console balance. Pay by MasterCard, Visa, or PayPal. Gift cards not accepted. More info, and then that's the link. Um, you have to click, and then when I did it, at least, you had to type in your phone number to verify that it was your link. And then you went and you completed your purchase. And people were in an uproar. A, because they had to finish paying their console off. Yeah. And also because... Um, well, first it was that they had to pay their console off now. A month and a couple of days before the console was even released. And they didn't understand that that's a way to... A, pay for the product. So that way... They're guaranteed a product isn't sitting there on their shelves when someone else would actually purchase it, pick it up, day of, so to speak. And also to make sure that a scalper wouldn't. Unless they're a very wealthy scalper. Yeah. So, on that topic, what did, what was the uh, approximate final bidding price for one of the Xboxes on eBay? Well, I didn't take... You know how we spoke about some being 12000 13000 a couple of weeks ago? Uh, they're all gone now. Yeah. And the highest one is 4,000. So those bidding wars must have closed. Ended, but there was one around the 40k mark. Yeah. Which is just astronomical. So it is what it is. But anyway, so people were having a... See, I don't understand these people. They complain that they can't pre-order it. And then when it comes to paying for their purchase, they complain about it. And then... Um, the main issue was people were upset that they had to pay for the like they had to pay it in one lump sum, and then I kind of understand what other people were saying. Where eventually at some point you have to pay for it. Yeah. What were you expecting? I was expecting it all to just flow nicely, not sell out within the first five. Exactly. Ten minutes. No, but no. But say that you've secured your pre-order, which is what you did like a couple yeah. of weeks ago. You knew that at some point you would have to pay the whole. Yeah, you know that Price it's, if it's a pre-order, but also too, here's the thing that people are getting cranky about is... They gave them five days. They gave them five days to pay off a fucking Xbox So if you didn't X. have it by 11.59 on Sunday... You didn't get it. You won't be able to get and it. And now, this is also not taking into account that people have families, bills, utilities. We're in a pandemic. Know, we're in a pandemic, but no. And what happens if this is not the week you get paid? Yeah. If you paid fortnightly you or monthly? Out. You miss out. And you didn't do what we did where we were like... Plan ahead. Yeah. Because so, we had the opportunity to do that. Not yeah. many people would have. No. So plan ahead. And for that, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, and then they also did the thing where you couldn't put through a, a gift card. You had to pay either MasterCard, Visa, or PayPal. Yeah. And now... Um, J, I know for a fact JB Hi-Fi has actually brought it out that you can actually use gift cards um, to pay for your, you know, pre-orders. Well, this afternoon they sent us a text message about yeah. two hours ago saying, Hi there, we've heard you and we can now accept gift card payments for your console pre-order if you've already paid or have yet to pay and would like to use JB gift cards towards your payment. But follow the link to find out how and our team will help you. And then basically that link takes you to a page... 
um, and pretty much if you have already paid you need to complete your console payment through the way you have right submit a request and then you need to give them your gift card ID and then they will refund you the difference yeah. in three to seven business days and then you got to worry about fraudulent gift cards I mean you know if people have them and they're not working well you know what do you do then Oh, here, go pay 20 bucks for a $100 gift card. But if it's card. a fraudulent gift card... It shouldn't be active. It wouldn't work in the website. Right? But, um, I just remember the old JB um, prize, um, you know, scam messages. Oh, you've won, you know, this. Do you remember the good old days where one day they couldn't sell you the console because it was not... It was still in escrow? Yeah. Or, no, they, they call it something else. It's in... They do it for books. What's that word? As in you can't sell it before the due date. Yeah. Uh, it's not in escrow. Let me think. But yeah, it's like if you release it before that due date. But you can't under, sell it. Yeah, under contract obligations. No, it's, it happened once when I was pre-order. I was getting one of the Sarah J. Mask books that came out. It was on the desk and it wouldn't. Yeah. You, know, you weren't allowed to get it. Um, it's not escrow, but it's another word. Yeah. In, I can't even remember. It'll come to me at 3am tomorrow morning. It will. Literally. <sighs> no, it's really going to bother yeah. me. Um, so you can, it's not for, available for purchase, but some idiot, is for purchase, but some idiot has put it on the shelf, right? Yeah. Um, it's an embargo. That's it. There, done. It was coming, sorry. It, it was tucked in that neuron, you know. The vesicle was in the neuron. The neuron just had to squish it around to find the right vesicle. I'm sorry. We found it now. That's funny. So, technically, it's in the store one day. One day. You can't buy it. Yeah. And the next day the store opens and you can just get one. And then people are saying, oh, but the, you know, the store numbers are going to be different. And it's like, no, you don't understand. So many people pre-ordered that there isn't going to be enough to sell to the general public. No, there isn't. It's going to sell out. Well, it's sold out, but it's going to be interesting. It's sold out through JB, but there's the post. There's a second batch using their store at EB. I wonder how many people will be returning them. I don't know. Because that's also the game that people play. Oh, I got this. I don't want it now. I'll return it. I'll return it. She already finished that cup of tea. Uh, wow. You're phenomenal. I am perusing. For the listeners, the listeners want me caffeinated. <laughs> if anything, I think they're saying decaf. But decaf. You, you. Caffeination is what you need. Oh, and apparently people are cancelling the EB Games uh, pre-orders for post-launch, according to Kotaku Australia. So, essentially... Yeah, I'll put it in the document. EB Games got smashed big time. And now... As people said, EB Games isn't going to be here the next time there's a no. console launch. They'll be gone. They'll be literally gone. But see, looking at the, I suppose, the gaming increase of... Look what we can do with power. Look well, at it. They said that you have to pre-order online, but you can't cancel your pre-order online. You have to go in-store to cancel. But you can't go in-store. Which is... And this is me reading off the article which obviously isn't hugely helpful for people living in Victoria 
Australia's second largest state by population, where EB Games stores are closed due to coronavirus restrictions. And then EB Games gave this website a statement saying Victorian customers won't be able to process physical cancellations until the restrictions are lifted. So basically what they're saying is, holy shit, maybe I should have ordered delivery. Is Because the JB stores are closed as well. Yeah. So we've paid for something that... Maybe, yeah. We can't access. Hypothetically. Because my thought was, oh shit, if I'm doing delivery, it may come, because of everything happening with post, it may come days, if not weeks later. Yeah. And I didn't want it to get in transit. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't work like that. Hopefully we actually get it. Hopefully they're open. Maybe it'll be a special thing like they do through, um, you know, contactless. I think that's what they were saying, actually. It's contactless click and collect. So just like other stores are doing like best and less, not that I've ordered through them. Um, you call them and say, yo, I'm here. And then they'll do whatever they've got to do, you know, from the loading bay. Yeah. Hopefully that's what it is. But yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about news-wise? Um, no. I, the only thing that I No. Was... Goes on. Goes on. The only thing I was going to be sort of discussing is how quickly people can claim fame on uh, gaming. Um, platforms. It's just ridiculous. There was oh, did a, you become an overnight viral no, sensation? There's a 16-year-old Fortnite prodigy uh, by the name of Buga, B-U-G-H-A. Basically, he just multi-millionaire overnight. Literally just boom, millionaire overnight. I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. Could you provide us some context to the story? Um, I'm probably going to have to do a bit more research than that because right. I just saw that B-U-G-H-A. B-U-G-H-A, Twitch. Um, so, yeah. Professional form. Oh, you won a tournament, dude. There you go. Done. From Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So, uh, he now offers masterclasses. Wow. On Fortnite. And charges for them. I don't think it was overnight, though. I don't think it was overnight. So why are they saying overnight? Well, can you send me the article? Can you put it in the notes and I'll read what they say? Absolutely. Thank you. Funny how this is on a video card thing. <laughs> oh, but Fortnite World Champ shows off in a video GeForce RTX 3080? Yeah, that's it. That's not him going viral overnight, dude. <laughs> They're talking about how the chip went viral overnight and was sold out and people couldn't buy the chip. He just happened to be one person talking about the chip because the chip is sold out. See, this is how it all ties into media portrayal and also... Michael, I've read the thing and I'm reading the same article as you. I didn't come to that conclusion. That's how I read it. Maybe I'm just stupid. Yeah, maybe I'm just stupid. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Nope, and if that's you say it. no, and then it's leading to another thing. I'm going to crawl back under my couch now. Beautiful. Ready for today's quiz? Because heaven knows if I accidentally forget or skip that segment, you'll kill me afterwards. Like we did in uh, the haunted, what do you call it? The Winchester Mansion one. Okay. Today's quiz is this quiz will separate the horror movie experts from the posers. Well. You ready, your poser? Yeah, here we go. 
Uh, what movie is this picture from? The Mummy, Goodnight Mummy, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, or The Conjuring? Mm, I'm going to say uh, Goodnight Mummy. Yeah. I haven't watched it myself, though. Correct. Yeah. Goodnight Mummy 2014. Twin boys move to a new home with their mother after she has a face-changing cosmetic surgery. But under her bandages is someone the children don't recognise. Bum, bum, That sounds bum. like um, the grandparents' M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Where it's not really their grandparents. Yeah. That was scary. Oof. Okay. Uh, what movie is this picture from? Get Out. Us. Uh, it's a woman, African American, um, or Halloween. I'm pretty sure it's us. Yeah, it's us. Oh no, it's not. Where's it? Get out. You, you, if you thought it was us, you have to select us. You can't cheat. No, I've, I'm. No, you can't cheat. I'm not cheating. I'm still in the process of. Oh, it's not Halloween. It's not Scream, but. Alright, I'm going to continue while he decides. Oh, the next one is iconic. Um, it's literally the guy who looks like Darth Maul. Yep. Sitting behind the dad in the what movie? Conjuring 2, The, no- the Nun, Insidious, <laughs> Nun being N-O-N-E. I love how they've Insidious, done that, that's funny. Insidious or Insidious Chapter 2. Insidious Chapter 2. The Conjuring. What do you think it is? Oh, 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 oh. I mean, I know what it is, but do you know what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's Conjuring 2. <laughs> no, it's Insidious. Because the second movie is where... The, the second Insidious movie is where the dad gets possessed by yeah. the evil witch uh, thing. Whoops. Yeah. Okay. Then we have... What movie is this picture from? There's and a... can you describe what the picture is? It looks like... This lady has either it's like some kind of stitched up costume with a metal visor on her head, on her head blocking her eyes. Um, Is I'm it from Aliens, probably... Martyrs, The Collector, or Proxy? I'm gonna go. I feel like Aliens. I'm gonna go Proxy. No, Martyrs. Martyrs. Whoops, I was wrong. A young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child leads her and a friend who's also a victim of child abuse on a terrifying journey into a living hell of depression. That sounds very triggering to me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then there's a picture of... I don't know if that's a real child or not, but the child looks scary. Yeah, very scary. Eyes are bulging out. Scared, sorry. The child looks scared. And the jaw is hanging weird, but the eyes are also kind of bulging out of the head. And the options are Get Out, Scream, Us, or The Strangers. This one I'm fairly certain is Us. Yeah, I'm going to go Us. Yes. Then uh, there's two twins with blue dresses. Oh, this is iconic. Yeah, it's either The Shining, Twins, The Haunted House, or The Conjuring 2. I think it's Twins. Oh, it's got to be Twins. (laughs) (laughs) It's The Shining, right? Yep. And then we have... um, a lady with a very deformed face. So it's either the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hereditary, Annabelle, or Midsummer. I know she wasn't in Annabelle or Hereditary. So it's either TCM or Midsummer. I'm going to go Midsummer. I'm going to go Texas. Oh, you were right. Ooh. Midsummer, 2019. A couple travels to Sweden with a group of friends to visit a rural Midsummer festival. 
what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into wouldn't it be evolves yeah uh, into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult that's everything i need to know i'm watching that tonight nice (laughs) oh this one i know too i think what movie is this picture from and it's this two kids or teenagers one looks like he's in a union soldier uniform yeah and she looks like she's in settlement clothes and they buy a lake and like cleared out forest behind them and the options are the laws of salem blair witch the witch or rosemary's baby the witch witch. very disappointing movie yeah but uh yeah i was expecting more um then we have what movie is this picture from now we've got four people hanging from a tree so we have sinister the Babadook, The Conjuring, It Follows. What do you think? You think it's a Conjuring, don't you? Yeah. Alright, but it's like The Conjuring. And I was wrong, it's Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That's one where the daughter poisons the whole family, remember? Yeah, damn and it. And Jigsaw is in it, but like in a weird way, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, then we have... Um, a lady lying on the floor looks like a train. Um, what movie is this picture from? World War Z. I am Legend, Zombieland, Train to Busan. It's Train to Busan. Correct. Well, the zombie. I virus... would have selected I am Legend, so that's the one I'm gonna go for. So, <laughs> yeah, zombie. Uh, the zombie virus breaks out in South Korea. Trains passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. I passed. Um, I have a, an okay knowledge of horror movies. Never stop exploring and challenging yourself no matter how frightening it may be. Yeah. Deuces. Same Deuces. Here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. So, anything else you want to cover? No, that's it. Okay. Really? Yep. You're not going to offhand Google anything to bring up and then completely misinterpret it? Nope. I've done enough of that. I just got to wait for the caffeine to kick in. Maybe you should have gotten Zekofefe. Mm-hmm. Well, Hello. And welcome to our main topic. Um, before we get started, this one is going to be very dark and heartbreaking. Um, it's not meant to minimise the pain or the loss that follows the events that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, um, as always, we plug Crime Stock. Sorry. Hopefully that's the first and only time I stutter and mumble today. Um, this episode is not meant to minimise the pain or loss. Um, if you have any information regarding any criminal activity, or if you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please contact Crime Stoppers. Or uh, if something's in an immediate danger, just please dial triple zero. We will have to unfortunately discuss the death of a minor. Um, I'll leave some crisis support phone numbers below as well. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the family, to the victim. Um, I want to put a content warning because we're going to discuss violence, assault, and death against um, involving a young child. And I don't want you to have to listen to the rest of this episode. If you find these, uh, like this subject of discussion harmful and the case to be harmful. Um, and I'm also going to leave the link for the International Centre for Missing and Exploited Children um, below. And if you can donate, please do. It's www.icmec.org. <sighs> All right, so have a big drink of water. 
Well, water for me, tea for you. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, buckle in. Everyone else, grab yourself a snack. A snack. We had a three-hour episode last time, so this one will be a bit shorter to compensate. So let me set the scene for you. You're eight years old. It's Halloween night, All Hallows Eve. Uh, you're out trick or treating with your five-year-old younger sister Elizabeth, your dad Ronald, a neighbour who lives next door, and his young son. It's a rainy night in Deer Park, Texas, which is a quiet suburban town. Nothing really major happens there. So you, your family, and your neighbours, you walk up to this one house to, you know, trick or treat for some candy. And their lights are off. And it's clear that no one's home. And you and the other kids are like, ah, oh, stuff it, we're not going to get anything here, let's just move on to the next house, right? And then, you, you know, you're done waiting. No one's going to open the door, so you just run off. The neighbour's dad follows you, but your dad sticks around. Your dad takes a little longer to catch up because apparently he heard someone coming to the door. And someone handed him uh, four pixie sticks. One for each of your kids and a spare. So four in total. Um, for people who are uncultured, American Australian swine, I should say, uh, like me. Um, this is why I was asking you what Whiz Fizz was. Yeah. Um, in America, instead of having the little spoon to scoop it up, they have a straw. So it looks like a little CSR yep. um, sugarcane satchel that you use at a cafe to pour your tea, you know, your sugar in your coffee or your tea. Except it's a little larger and it's got the candy, i.e. high fructose sugar yep. in there right and some of them have straws anyway so ronald has four he gives one to you his son one to your sister and one away to the neighbor's kid that's trick-or-treating with you and you all continue to make your way around town and then you come across another family that you recognize from church and your dad gives that child who is another boy a pixie stick the last one so you continue on your way and the rain starts to pick up. Um, you all decide to cut your losses, go your separate ways and all head home. And, you know, you're a kid and you decide, hey, I want to check out my haul. And then your dad says to you, hey, I will allow you one piece of candy before bed. And you decide that you want to hack into that pixie stick. Except there's a problem because you're having a trouble getting the straw to work because the powder is so compacted you need your dad's help to loosen it and then you finally get into the candy and then you notice it just doesn't taste right it tastes really bitter and then you tell your dad and he's like just finish it up already here have some kool-aid to wash it down and then about 10 minutes later, you start to feel really, really sick. And then you start to vomit. And then you start convulsing. And then 30 minutes later, when your dad rushes you to the hospital, you pass away. And that is how poor young Timothy O'Brien lost his life before it really even started. Which is really sad. Yeah. So Timothy, who shouldn't have lost his life to begin with, has passed away 
and there are three other kids out there who also have pixie sticks. Which is really fucking shit. So any predictions? Poisoning? Um, it could be any matter of things, but it's, if it's something to do with what's in the pixie stick, you got to try and think of what what was in it that could have killed someone so quick. Like, especially, like, convulsing and everything. The only reason why I'd say sort of what it is is because we did a similar case as a case study. So something that reacts that quickly, it could have been cyanide. Okay. And that's all you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. So today we know that, and we're all warned against, like, Halloween candy being tampered with. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, like, this is 1974. People weren't supposed to be psychotic. No. In those days, right? But there are certain things that kill humans pretty quick, and cyanide's one of them. Unfortunately. So, police rightly so jump into this investigation immediately, and they call a chief medical examiner from the near, the nearby, like, the biggest nearby town, if that makes sense, right? Because they want the big honchos to come over. And this doctor is called Joseph A. Jashimik, uh, is, I believe, how you pronounce that. So the good doctor asks the police straight away, what does his breath smell like? Let me guess, almonds? So the police have to call the morgue, and uh, then they find the information, and they get straight away back to the CME and say, it smells like almonds. There we go. And then... Before he even, you know, so this happened literally in five minutes, um, and the CME instantly says it's cyanide. And so he gets in his car, obviously because he was getting all his stuff ready. Uh, so he drives over to Deer Park. He performs an autopsy, and he confirms that Timothy had consumed. Well, that Timothy A died by cyanide poisoning, and B had consumed enough cyanide to kill three grown adult men. Shit. Now, I don't know about you, but I found it really hard <laughs> to figure out how much that amount had to be. A, because I didn't want ASIO on me. And B, no one can tell you how much you need to take. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you Google it, it doesn't even it doesn't even give you a dose per milligram. No. no. Um, and the other thing too, it doesn't always smell like almonds no it, sometimes they cut it with something else yeah and it's more the fact that well when you ingest it um you get production of well benzoyl aldehyde and hydrogen cyanide so yeah it's just your body breaking down or catalyzing all i was able to find amygdalin yeah. which is in almonds and some other foods so essentially look at small pets for instance, uh, apple seeds. So that's you why can't you can't let them have apple seeds. For our buns, I cut them out. And even the apple, like the section of the apple that's close yeah, cut it out. to the seeds, I just cut that out. Yeah. And things like that, you give them small treats. So I see people giving their bunnies almonds and I'm like... You're a fucking moron. You're crazy. Obviously, we have... Like, we can deal with a smaller dose of cyanide because obviously there is a little bit of cyanide in apples, but... Your body... Oh, sorry, almonds. Your, your body... And all apple seeds as well. Yeah. But your body can just manage that like it buffers. Yeah, but not in that amount. So yeah, all I was able to find is that for anyone, a lethal dose could be between like zero point five to three 
uh, milligrams per kilo body weight in vertebrates is a rule of thumb. But I don't know about you, I ain't here to give people the mathematics. No, we don't. We're not going to look up the mathematics. So, sorry. So, uh, police have already gone through the house. They've taken all of his Halloween candy and they just start testing. And it's when they come across the pixie stick and they find that the top five centimetres of the lolly was packed with cyanide. And that's just what's left. Right? So this kid has, let's say, taken a shot of this of sugar off this pixie stick. Yeah. Passed, put it down, passed away. They've done their test. They've come to do their testing. And there's five centimetres of cyanide left. Fuck. Packed in on top of what the pixie stick sugar yeah. is at the bottom. That's shit. Right? So you, whatever happened, somehow it might have been pawned off. Yeah. But the point is there's five centimetres of cyanide remaining in this tube. Right? So Ronald, who's the dad, tells police this whole story about the trick-or-treating. Um, and, you know, says, look, I went to this house. This is the house that I got the sticks from. I gave three others to, you know, the th- one for my daughter, one for my next-door neighbour, and one to this uh, family that I know from church. This other boy has one too. So they track, police rush off their track, um, and they go next door. And the next door neighbor's kid also tried to crack into the pixie stick, but because it was sealed with staples, he wasn't strong enough to take the staple off. Otherwise, he would have died too. Shit. Um, so yeah, he wasn't strong enough to open it. And obviously because it's been sealed with staples as opposed to heat press on the plastic of the, uh, the plastic, you know, the glue, how they put on the paper. Yeah. And it's heat pressed like that. They knew it was tampered with because it was held with a staple instead of the heat press that would normally happen on a paper good like that. Because that's what the tube is. It's paper. So police know that at this point their best lead is Ronald. They pack him in a cop car and they drive around town and they say, look, can you identify the house that you were given these pixie sticks at? And they're driving around, driving around, and he just can't seem to remember where the house is. And he admits to police that he never met, sorry, he never met, he never spoke to, and he never saw the person who handed him the pixie sticks. All he saw was a man's arm reach from behind the door with four pixie sticks and hand them over to him. Okay. I'm not a mother. But that's very... But if someone did that to me... But also... I would question... Yeah, because obviously... No, you'd be... During the whole Halloween, everyone's opening the door. Here you go, here you go, here you go. It's not just like... You know. Unless you're pretending to be a zombie. This this doesn't... Add up. Add up. This is weird. Because essentially, when I open the door to our house, or any other house, it's always just like... You don't go... Oh, g'day, here you go, and stick your arm out and wave at them. You know, you have to actually see them. There's that eye contact. Yeah. And, like, I kneel. And we don't get that many kids. We get, like, at most four. And so we kind of go all out and we get each kid, like, a packet of... You know the kid packets? Like, fun size. Because I'm, like, paranoid they're going to choke. And I always go for Kit Kats. Because unless unless they're allergic to cocoa or nuts, every kid loves Kit Kats. 
Yeah. So at most, I think, I think we bought six packs like four years ago, and we only used two. Yeah. So every year I just buy four, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's it. We don't have like many kids because a lot of the people who had kids in the street have since moved out. Yeah. And now all the places have been like redone for rentals. Yeah. Of old, adult, <laughs> boring old adults like us. Yep. So yeah, like. And then apparently, according to Americans, just people I watched to get information from, Pixie Sticks apparently are not a big Halloween candy. Oh, okay. So it's not a like a commonly handed out thing. Anyway, sorry, I detract from the story. Basically, he can't identify the house, but he tells police that he never actually saw the person. He just recognised that it was a man's arm reaching out from behind the door, giving him the four tubes, let's call it, of pixie sticks, right? So he can't identify the house. And then, like, just like it just clicked for you, suspicion starts gearing up for the police and they decide to wait a few days and they're like, we're going to have to take him out for another drive. And this time, they were very firm with him, they buckled down on him and they're like, we're going to keep driving around town. We don't care how long it's going to take. If we run out of fuel... We will refuel the car. We're going to drive and drive and drive until we find this house, mate. And this time it worked. He identified the house. So they all walked to the door, but the owner isn't home. And because police can do what police can do, aka background checks, they find out that the name of the the owner of the house, uh, they find his name and they find out where he works. And this man is called William Hobby. Um, and sorry, he works at a place called William Hobby Airport in Houston. So, what do you think the police do? Go back to Rome. No, they just found the name, they just found out where this guy works. Yeah, but I'm assuming they go back to Ronald, tell him, and then they go and arrest the person. They charge this guy at work. They did a whole full-on SWAT thing at his work. Arrested him in front of all of his colleagues Shit. and his employer. Uh, they take him into custody and they literally... The interrogation allegedly started that moment. Like, they were really to, ready to slam him down for this. And then he says to the police, Look, I'm sorry, I've heard about the case. Obviously, I'm following the news like everyone else. But I was at work. Like, my wife and daughter were home. Um, they actually, like, it's called closing for business on Halloween night. So once you're out of candy and you've got nothing left to offer, you switch off the lights so people know. And like, that's the courtesy. Yeah. And you just go to bed. Yeah. Or you go on about your life, right? Yeah. That's what they did. They were closed for business. They shut up shop. They didn't have anything else to hand out. So they were done for the night. That's why all the lights were off. And then so uh, the police check out his alibi and his employers were able to give them copies of timesheets and he was indeed at work. Right. So this guy has essentially been falsely... Accused. Arrested. Yes. Wow. And embarrassed at work. Yeah. Imagine that. Just being dropped at work by... Police. And not just any case. Like it's not like if I don't want to say I don't want to say that murder of an adult is okay, but this is a child. Yeah. 
This is a young child. See, the thing is, though, even after being cleared of something like that, it was... People will... Even though you've never done anything wrong in your life, you may never have a parking ticket. Yeah. People will be like, what did you do yeah. to make people question yeah. your character so to that, begin with? I'm assuming that could have potentially lost him his job and everything. Cause... I don't think so. Because his employees, his employers were like, no, he was here. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, it was a Imagine big if he didn't have an alibi, though. Imagine if, like, I don't want to say modern times, but, like, imagine if that camera at work, like, say I went to work and I was suspicious. It just wasn't working. And it's like, sorry, um, the check-in reader card at Steph's work wasn't working today. We can't verify her whereabouts. And it's like a bop You're down. Unless, obviously, today you'd have... We're going to get into that. I don't want to spoil it too quickly, but we'll get there. So, um, Timothy's funeral comes around and... Ronald prepared a song about Timothy meeting Jesus and joining God in heaven. Um, so then he sings this, he performs this song at his son's funeral, and he and his family, his extended family, uh, end up at their house, you know, as families do. And Ronald decides that he is going to watch the news replay of him performing his song over and over and over again on the news that night. That's weird. And then the relatives contact the police because they say, we thought that behaviour was really odd um, because he kept saying, look how dedicated I am to my child. Oh, people just don't understand how this has affected me. Wow, that's a weird thing to say. Very weird indeed. When your young child has just been brutally murdered. I don't think I, you know... Me I, personally, I wouldn't be in the... In the, the state in the, to record a song. Like, I wouldn't be in the space to do anything apart from be catatonic. If I saw that on the TV, I'd probably smash the TV. I don't know yeah. if I would have a recollection of going to my child's funeral. Yeah. I know that this is nowhere near the same thing. I'm just saying in a comparison for me, when Moz went missing, I was beside myself. And that's yeah. a cat. Not that I'm saying her life is anywhere near to that of a child, a human being. Yeah. But I'm just saying, when Moz went missing, I was beside myself. Let alone to be in the situation of my child, and I gave him or her or them, they, a lolly, and that's what killed them. Yeah. As my mother said, fucking earth swallow me up right here, or what do I have to fucking live for? Yeah. So, yes. Um, and then he starts getting shitty at the relatives because the relatives don't want to rewatch the same thing over and over again on the news. That's, yeah, something's not right. So the police ramp up their investigation, right? Because they know this guy cannot possibly be the dude. And they have discovered that Ronald had recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his kids, 10000 bucks per child, in January of 1974. So that year, right? What is that? Ten months before this Halloween evening. Yeah. Sherlock? Bubby? 
yes, you can coo all you like, but you're not allowed to look up in the sink. There's nothing in there for you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then in September, a month before, he boosted it. He doubled it. 20000 for each kid. So in January, he takes out policies. 10k for each kid. In September of that same year, he doubles the policy for each kid. So if one kid died, it's 20k. If both kids died, it's 40k. We know where this is going, don't we? And then police hadn't said anything about it. But they found out that he was in debt a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, we all know what this guy's done. So then I'm like, okay, what does Ronald do? Apparently he worked for Texas State Optical as an optician. And he had already lost his house. He was on the verge of losing his car. And he was about to lose his job because his bosses had discovered that he was stealing money from the tills. Ooh. Um, and then they like trace back his whole job history and they found out the 21 jobs he had before Timothy was born. He was fired from every single one for same thing, theft. So then the police say, okay, let's contact the insurance agency. And then the insurance agency said, oh, actually we were waiting for you to call us because, um, the next day after his son died, he was calling us, asking us when we would pay him out his children's life insurance policy. What the fuck? Um, at 9am. This guy's got a He was sitting by the phone to call the insurance company, com- company yep, he did at 9am. He did it. When offices open. Oh, he did it. Literally less than 12 hours after his son passed away. That's bullshit. Yeah, he did it. So all of this gave police grounds to request a search warrant on the family's property. And the judge obviously would grant this warrant. And during the search of the house, the police find a pair of scissors with um, the the component of the pixie sticks yeah. attached to the blades, like what the tubing. F- oh, this guy's evil. And that matched the um, packet. Like, it was a direct match for the pixie stick container packet thing. So, the police arrest him for murder. And then, um, I was reading and it's like, well, keep in mind that, um, like, to me, I was like, oh my god, so you have a little bit of the same plastic material, whatever the hell it is, shrink wrap on the scissors, like, how's that a direct match? Yeah. And then people were saying, keep in mind that this is, like, years before DNA testing, so it's not like you can test for his DNA on it. Um, even though... Even like credit cards had just come into circulation the same year, like in 1974. So not many people had them. Um, security cameras were very primitive at the time, and it's not like every single store would have security cameras. So police can't just prove that he purchased the cyanide or the pixie sticks or capture any evidence of him tampering with the pixie sticks, right? So Ronald decided to maintain his innocence and entered a not plea to, not guilty plea. And his defense continued to run with this um, and this is a direct quote, unidentified boogeyman. <laughs> that had uh. set out to poison kids on Halloween. And then the press started calling 
um, him, the Candyman, and the man that killed Halloween. That's what this case is known as. So trial begins in May of 1975, and all of Ronald's friends and family decide to testify against him. Uh, things started adding up because apparently uh, he was interested in obtaining poison and was asking people how much it would take to kill someone. His family and Shit. friends. Uh, he had said to his sister-in-law at his son's funeral that he was going to use that insurance money to get a, go on a long vacation. His son's being lowered into the ground. Yeah. And he turns to his sister-in-law and says, I can't wait to go on vacation with the money I get from my son dying. Well, that's fine. Is that not that's the not most normal. psychotic thing you have ever heard in your life? That is psychotic. Extremely psychotic. Uh, an old acquaintance who worked for a chemical company said that a couple months before he committed the murder, he was asked questions about cyanide and was asked what constituted a fatal human dose. And then this person who just happened to work at a Houston chemical outlet and um, came forward and said that Ronald came over and asked to buy some poison... But he left because he found out that the smallest amount he could buy was five pounds of cyanide. Shit. And five pounds is a decent size. But he wanted just enough to do the damn thing, but not enough to leave yeah. leftovers. There's evidence, right? So Prosecutor Mike Hinton addressed the court and stated, The only inescapable conclusion is that this man killed his own flesh and blood for money. Think how easy it would be for him to kill a stranger for money. Yeah, there's some serious psychosis. A complete detachment. Complete detachment. He doesn't care. He's just, the only thing he was worried about was going on a holiday. Yeah. Just went on a holiday. So, on the 3rd of June, same year, 1975, the jury deliberated for just 46 minutes and returned a guilty verdict for one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Shit. An hour later, it was declared that he would be executed by electric chair. Um, so he spends... This happens a lot. So just because someone is convicted of a crime, right, and is sentenced to death, they allow them time and it takes time to organise their capital punishment, right? And for Ronald, he was able to live an extra decade, <sighs> right? So during this time, he was submitting appeals, all of which were rejected, right? So he couldn't overturn his sentence. He wasn't able to be granted leniency or anything like that. Um, and because that whole decade had passed from 1975 to 1985, it turns out that the US Supreme Court had ruled that the electric chair was a cruel and unusual punishment. So the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville had to decide another method. So by the time it came for him, like for them to start quote-unquote, planning his punishment and organising his punishment, Yeah, it was illegal to use an electric chair. So um, they had to decide on another... This is where it gets so fucked, and this almost pisses me off more than the actual murder itself. And the next best thing was to implement a lethal injection. But... Um, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just leave it there and I'll keep going. Oh no, actually, I'll say it here. They didn't want to do it because it would be too inhumane to give him a lethal injection. Fuck that, they should have busted his kneecaps. 
and then some. So it's okay for him to give off cyanide his, to children, but uh, he can't have a lethal injection because that's too inhumane. Fuck that. And so he admitted during this time that he gave four, sorry, three other, three, yeah, three other pixie sticks because he wanted to make it look more legitimate. So he wanted both his kids to die to get the full amount of money so for both of them. But he also wanted to make two other kids sick so that way it wasn't just his kids who would die. You know what I mean? So yeah. that way he wouldn't be a sole suspect. So it's, it just happened to be that that was the house that no one was answering. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he just happened to... That was the house he happened to pick. Yeah. So, for example, he came to our front door. We didn't happen... We didn't answer it that night. And so he was like, that's the house I got it from. Because... No one was home. Yeah. To prove otherwise. Right? So, he was completely hated by other death row inmates because he obviously killed a child. And they labelled him as friendless when the press came in and you know, did articles on them. They, the inmates themselves uh, reportedly petitioned to hold an organised demonstration on his execution to express their hatred of him. Shit. And it takes a lot yeah. for other death row inmates to want to petition that. That's bullshit. So his first execution date was set for the 8th of August, 1980. Um... And his attorney had successfully petitioned a stay of execution. So that meant that a second date was scheduled for the 25th of May, 1982. And then that was also postponed. And then Judge Michael McSpladden, um, Spadden, sorry, he scheduled the third execution date for the 31st of October, 1982, the 8th anniversary of the crime. And he offered to personally drive Ronald to the death chamber. To me, I think that that means he just wanted to make sure to himself that it was done. Yeah. So, it was the first time that Texas executed an inmate by lethal injection. The Supreme Court delayed the date again to give him a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial. And the fourth date was scheduled for the 31st of March, 1984. His lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. And then on the 28th of March, 1984, a federal judge rejected the request. So a couple of days later, on the 31st of March, the candy man had a last supper of well-done steak, french fries, peas, and Boston cream pie. Wow. Shortly after midnight, he was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. And his last statement was, <clears throat> What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However... We as human beings do not make mistakes. Sorry, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs. Yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all those who've taken uh, taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts, I love you one and all. Bless you all and... <laughs> Bless you all and may God's best blessings always be yours. 
Ronald C. O'Brien, P.S. During my time here, I've been treated well by all at TDC personnel. Well. Make it about you much. Absolutely. No remorse. No. I haven't done anything wrong. I forgive you. I forgive you. I killed my son. Attempted to kill my daughter and two other innocent kids. But I forgive you. Yep. This is a wrongdoing and injustice to me, but I forgive you. Asshole. So, 300 people gathered to hear, outside, I should say, the prison, to hear that he had pretty much been executed. Um, and apparently they were selling... Uh, sorry, they were, th they were throwing candy because there were people there because he was the first person to die of lethal injection. Yeah. There were protesters there, right? So the hippie hippies were like um, anti-death penalty protesters. Yeah, and so these people were screaming trick-or-treat and throwing candy at these protesters. Uh, he was declared dead at 12.48am. And apparently he had a group... I don't know how you can do this because you would assume that... The, I assume that the lethal injection would have damaged the tissues. But he agreed to donate his eyes for research and cataract transplants. Okay. That's weird. What, so you could see people in the future? I don't know his reasoning, but he was an optician. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, he's got some issues. He wanted to keep helping people. Wow. Remember, he forgives you. Bullshit. And then this is where I thought, holy shit. I really hope that they didn't bury him next to his son. Uh, they didn't. Uh, this asshole was buried in Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas. And Timothy is buried in Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston. Um, and not just because of this case alone, but Halloween safety programs were implemented uh, in Pasadena. Uh, Pasadena, sorry. Teaching parents' methods for evaluating the safety of door-to-door -door treats by visual inspection. Um, Mark Hinton, who was a prosecutor on the case, says that every year at Halloween, his memories of the case haunt him, and he still remembers Timothy on the autopsy table, and he's broken over how young he was. Yeah. Um, Tom Campbell, who was, he was a rookie news reporter, and that night he was like one of the on-location broadcast reporters for the local like TV news. Um, he says that to this day he still doesn't observe Halloween, and every year he turns off the porch lights, refusing to answer the door. Jeez. Um, and then I found out that Timothy had a mother. Ronald had a wife. Her name's Diane. Um, she maintains that she had no idea of her husband's plans. Uh, she divorced him soon after testifying against him in court. She later remarried, and she still lives in the Pasadena area. Um, and Timothy's younger sister, who's now in her 40s, has apparently put the events of you know, that night behind her and she has a family of her own. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. That's really sad. What a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. That's some really nasty shit. It's really... just disgusting. And sort of, why would someone do that? Like, seriously, just because he couldn't get a job and, you know, obviously the precursors for what he was doing, you know, I don't... Yeah, that's scary. 
But imagine what would have happened had all the other kids had theirs as well. Yeah. He would have... Not that it's even okay that he killed his own child. Um... It would have, you know, just wrecked, you know, other families as well. Yeah. Well, his family, like, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. And, you know, that, it's just unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Fucking, some people are just sick. So, yeah, really sad. Really terrible and like I was just reading and apparently this shit happens a lot more often like it happens these poisonings not these specific kind of levels but candy tampering happens pretty much annually but they don't always report it because they don't want like the police do the investigations people get charged and so on and so forth but they don't broadcast it in the media because they don't want to promote copycat bullshit Bullshit. Still, like, why? Why would they... Well, it's not all parents carrying out insurance scams. It's also just people, like... Remember, um... We're not going to talk about this year, but I was thinking about next year, where people used to put razor blades. Oh, that's fucked. And glass and shit. (sighs) And there was also... How's this for sick, too? Someone, um... Like, just recently... Someone went into a supermarket. I'm not even going to say which yeah. chain it is. They went into a supermarket with a syringe and they stabbed the syringe into loaves of bread and bags of coffee. So, obviously, that person was found, arrested, and would be charged. But what about the ones where it was only because staff saw it happen? But just. And to- apparently, they let it happen. They just let the person go through, yeah. do everything they needed to do. They didn't interfere. Didn't. They didn't stop him. They contacted the police. They had the footage ready to go for the police. Or they were on the phone with the police. They pulled... They wore gloves. Took photos of everything. Pulled the stock off the shelves. Had it like in the tote trolley. Ready to go for the police. And they were like, here's this, here's this. We took still images off the video footage. Here you go. And that's it. And these are just these sick fucking people who do this bullshit. It's just... Why would people do this? I, I don't get it. Like, for shits and for kicks. <sighs> fucking sick. Also, do you know how fucking hard it is to load a syringe? Yeah. But That shit takes time. <laughs> but here's the thing, like, you know, sure, they're stabbing a loaf of bread. But what was he injecting it with? They don't, they didn't say. You know. Who knows? Oh. Oh. Was it? Okay. A blood-covered needle. Blood-covered needle. Okay, there we go. And he had licked the needle. So... Oh, they released his name. Oh. Fu Yang. They raided his home. Yesterday. Wow. They say the guard told Yang to leave the needle outside, but he refused and snuck into the store when the guard was on a break. He opened a loaf of bread, 
licked the bloody needle and pushed the needle into a loaf. No, he wasn't stabbing bread. He shoved his fucking syringe in the bread. Oh. So he put the whole syringe in the bread and left it there. Yes, while the guard was on a break. And then he was confronted by someone. So that this is why you got to wait for news to come out. So he, he was confronted by another customer. He apologized and ran away. He was on. He's on bail. Wow. His bail has been revoked, and he will reappear in court in November. This was three hours ago. Holy hell. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. Uh, Tripping balls. I I thought the initial report was that he was just stabbing bread. Yeah, that's what we originally saw. To actually see that. Oh, man. There are some fucked up people. There are varying, you know, varying levels of psychosis. Yeah, 21 years ago. 21. Are you serious, Stephanie? Can you not even read? What is your time measurement unit here? <laughs> 22 hours ago, um, the story was that he was poking bread with syringes. Yeah, so it changed. It's changed since. Yeah. So now it's... Shit, they released the, the picture of the... The age released a picture of the bread and the needle. Dude, he just stabbed the bag. So even that article's wrong. He, st- he, like, perforated the bag. So he's just punctured he, it. He's punctured it and then run off. So he's tried to clean the needle. No, he wanted to contaminate the bread with his bloody used needle. So he's used the needle. It's got blood on it. He licked it and then he... Yeah. Psycho. Absolute psycho. He had several needles on him, said the security guard, and a blood-stained tissue. Wow. The security guard refused him entry... And Mr. Yang walked away. He returned five minutes later, still holding the needles and tissue, while the doctor, while the guard was on break. At around 4:30 p.m., he allegedly licked the end of the needle, placed it into his right pocket before taking it out again, and pushed the needle into the bread. A witness asked the man, what do you think you're doing? He mumbled, sorry, and ran away, police allege. He had left the area before officers arrived. Detectives raided his home on Wednesday morning, arresting him. Rightly so. Hold on, hold on. He was interviewed by police and charged with contaminating goods by inserting a soil type of germic needle into multiple food items. So he did stab multiple items. Yeah, coffee. He, he was doing coffee as well. No, I'm just saying they didn't... That's some fucked up shit. The man's lawyer, Matthew White, said his client is receiving antidepressant medication and requested to see a nurse or doctor while in custody. Are you serious? Are you gonna say, that makes it sound like as if any person... What's he trying to say? Any person on antidepressants is out there... Doing this shit. Oh. Uh. Imagine if you had purchased bread from that store, not knowing... Yeah. Right? Get it you've home. gone home and you're like, shit, I've got to make the kids some sandwiches. And you've been And then you found family. out that, holy shit. Oh, you would lose I, your I, shit. I don't know. But allegedly they took all the products down. Yeah. So. Fuck. That's the fucked up shit. All right. 
That's it. That's all I can deal with for today. Yeah, that's. I'm that's, sorry. It was too much. That, that was a little bit fucked up. It makes me so angry and it makes me so upset. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm sorry that it was such a shit topic, like yeah. heartbreaking and devastating. Um, I will leave our topic request form below. We are on Apple Podcast, Castbox, Castro, Google Podcast, Listen Notes, Luminary. Uh, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser, Radio Public. You can subscribe to us via email. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Swoot, TuneIn and Overcast. We re-upload um, our podcast in video format onto YouTube. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He's Full Metal Chicken. I am Full Metal Chicken. I am Steph Fafar. Steph Fafar. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Yes. Thank you for all of your support. We really hope that you're enjoying these Halloween bonus episodes absolutely um thank you again and we will chat to you in the next time yes may the force we'll be with you and live long and prosper and also with you and also I got twisties they taste funny like yeah. not that they taste funny but like since I was a kid and I tried them they don't taste the, the same the margarita twisties are weird the, even the normal twisties are weird um but you know what I think I'm actually going to look up a recipe to make pumpkin pie don't supermarkets sell that yeah but why buy it when you can make it? Either that or apple pie. I can make an apple crumble. Yeah, well, we bought stuff for apple crumble. Yeah, I should make an apple crumble. But it was like 30 degrees last week after we bought it. And yeah. we were like, maybe not today. And now it's like 10 degrees. Sweet. So, I guess we'll have to go baking stuff. Um, sorry, we couldn't find any results for pumpkin pie. Say we're worse. Fine. Go Let's co- try Coles. Oh, try Bunnings. Yeah, totally. Try Bunnings. Absolutely. Let's try Bunnings for food. For the Americans, try Walmart. <laughs> or Lowe's. Maybe buy a new shirt so I can fit in. Maybe I should try pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice latte. Chai spice. I wonder if coffee shops are selling those. Oh, you can get OB Finest Cranberry and Pumpkin Seed Crackers for 6 bucks, Saving from uh, $6.50 price in July 2018. Because down and down prices are down 50 down, cents. Down. For gourmet crackers. Down, crackers. Down, Let's try down. pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Now, see, most Americans... Oh, like, La Familia Rana. Pumpkin and roasted La onion Familia. ravioli. Think food munch pumpkin seed snack. Food Let's munch. try Woolworths. Woolworths. Pumpkin. No, no pumpkin spice. Yeah. Um, what are coffee shops in Australia, Victoria? Coffee club? Yep, yep. Ooh. No. That's not Australian though, is it? No, 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 that's American. Pumpkin spice coffee cake, coffee club, US. Devastating Australia. Devastating. Alright, that's it. We're done. done. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All things good and spice. Pumpkins be nice. And on that note, Starship Enterprise be out. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. We be off. Signing off. Bye-bye. You've signed off ten times. Okay. Bye bye.